Hello and welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast. We are from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church with five locations in Utah. Each week, we will be hearing from our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and others as we explore what it means to be fully delighted in God and how we help as many people as possible experience this at SMCC. This is the Fully Delighted Podcast. Hello and welcome to a new season of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam. I serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And with me today, I've got Eric Nelson here, who is our teaching pastor. He does a lot, but uh, mm-hmm. he's always here on uh, on the show uh, with me. And so just glad to have you on, Eric. Adam, so glad to be here. I'm really excited to start up Season 3. Season 3 is going to be a little bit different um, for Season 1 and Season 2. We talked about, I guess you could say, the, the secret sauce of SMCC. We talked about our story um, and why Paul planted SMCC 22 years ago. We talked about our vision and values, some of our core beliefs, the way we create great environments, what we hope to do in our messaging. We talked about all of that. And now in season three, we want to turn the corner to talk about how who we are as a church and how we do it as a church has really impacted people. And so what we've done in season three is we've gathered um, six people uh, who have a Mormon background, who come out of Mormonism and have uh, landed at SMCC and called SMCC home over the years. And we want to introduce these people to our listeners. We want them to hear their stories. Uh, we know that people come to SMCC from out of town. Um, they they move to Utah, they're transplants here, and you know they're not quite sure how SMCC uh, impacts people, and so, and, and maybe they've never heard um, stories of people who used to be LDS and now have transitioned out. And so, we want to we want to share stories like that, so people can uh, feel more connected to what SMCC is doing. But more than that, um, be inspired by stories, uh, life change stories here in Utah. So that's what season three is about, Adam. Yeah, I'm excited for that because I think you know, for for some people, season one, season two. Uh, might have been something where they thought was a little bit interesting, but they weren't sure, you know, how does that then play out? Uh, or maybe even people that are that attend, they're not even quite sure how that all works. They might just think SMCC is just another church. Um, but fr- from my perspective, just being able to be a part of it, it's just something really unique and really special. Um, and I think it's just been able to do some really great things um, um, to help people come out of religion. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's cool to hear those stories and to know how that's actually impacted people. Absolutely. We want to share the stories of uh, people leaving religion and embracing the gospel because those stories are why we do this, Adam. That's why Paul came here 22 years ago. It's why we keep doing what we're doing. And I want people to hear those stories because they're, they're absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Uh, before we get into uh, today, just a really quick reminder. First off, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing and downloading these episodes. That helps us out a lot. For those of you that don't know, you can listen to the you know, you might be listening to it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, and then also it's in the SMCC app now too. And so there's lots of different ways that you can share this uh, with people. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, as always, we love it that you leave a review. Um, uh, just go ahead and put something on there. I know I've got a few reviews to go through, but uh, I've been saving them. And so just love to keep having those come in. And, and as always, if you have questions, you can just email us at smcc at smccutah.org. I'll put that in the description below. And you can email uh, myself or Eric questions that you might have. So again, thank you for for listening to this. So we want to go ahead and get into the show for today. Eric, you got a, a guest with you. Um, why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about our, our guest that's here with us today. Yeah, opening up season three is my friend Tim. Uh, I got to know Tim a few years ago. I don't even know exactly, Tim, when that was, and we'll hear more about that in your story. But uh, Tim att- attends our Lehigh location. Uh, he's been a part of certain groups and 
uh, next steps at a couple different locations. And so uh, I am so incredibly inspired by Tim's story. Um, I was there the day uh, Tim took his next step and was baptized at the Lehigh location. In fact, uh, in a message last week, I showed a picture of that. I was kind of reminiscing of those stories. And so, uh, Tim, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, good to be here. Awesome. So here's what we want to do, Tim. Um, we just want to ask you questions and and just hear more of your story uh, so people can get to know you and um, uh, really feel connected to you, that they have a friend who who now they um, they know who's had a story of, of leaving Mormonism and embracing what we would call biblical Christianity. And so that's the story uh, uh, that, that we want to hear. And I think it'll be really helpful for people to hear uh, what it was like uh, growing up Mormon when you begin to ask questions, uh, what your mission was like that you served, uh, what your first experience at SMCC was like, and, and maybe where things are at now, how uh, maybe your family in general has has uh, gone through this, what some of those relationships are like, because all those things are uh, something people need to know and understand when it comes to what you've been through, man. So uh, that's the hope of today. And so, Tim, first question that I have for you. Okay, here we go. Tell us, uh, what was it like growing up uh, as a Mormon, Tim? So I'm not sure that I have the normal Mormon story here in Utah or or. I'm going I'm to say Latter-day Saint story mm-hmm. because because uh, the word Mormon has become taboo. Mm-hmm. Um, my my parents were not active members of the church. We moved in uh, across the street from a church when I was uh, about five years old, mm-hmm. and uh, and at first I just hated church because on Sunday when I could go ride my bike in the church parking lot, it was full of cars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I wasn't able to do that. And I was like, you know, what are these, why do these people all come on Sunday? Um, but I got interested in Jesus Christ at about age six. Okay. And, uh, and because that was the church that was right there, uh, that's where I started attending. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, uh, I went by myself, uh, most of my life. Uh, and it was, it was all about, uh, I wanted to learn about Jesus, but, um, but it was, it was also a very social thing. It was all of my friends went to church. Those were the people that, you know, when I went to school, those were the people that I hung out with were the people that were in my ward. And, and so, uh, so it was my whole social world, Mm um, and, and it was an opportunity to learn uh, at least some about the gospel. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, was that was that here in in Utah? Was that in Lehigh? Where was that? So I grew up in Lehigh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just down the road from where we're recording right now. Um, for for people who haven't been um, to an LDS church on a Sunday morning, what what is a Sunday service like growing up? I mean, what was that? How long was it? What what did you do when you were? In the service, things like that. So, uh, so the first meeting is is I don't know what I would call a worship meeting. Okay, um, we call it sacrament meeting. You go in and sing some hymns, have some prayers. We would uh, take the sacrament. Okay, um, so bread and water, and uh, and then we would have sermons, but they're lay sermons, right? So it's it's just. It's usually some youth that has their paper right in front of their face, so you can't see them, and they're reading along, and this is what I want to talk about today. 
And, <laughs> and then you'd have somebody, you'd have uh, some adults, which sometimes were the same, or sometimes they'd be a little more charismatic, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, but nothing at the level of, of Eric. <laughs> well, this is funny. Let, let's just make fun of me for a second. Uh, and we're kind of jumping ahead, but but I think this is this is timely for what we're talking about. Talk about the first time you listened to me in church. I, I remember you saying something to me like, "This guy is far too slick. Like he's like a car salesman. Like what is he trying to do?" Talk you about could that. Be a car salesman. I, I, I absolutely was like, I, I didn't expect to come into church and then hear a sermon and have it be like, like I felt like. Any minute, I was going to drive away and with some car that I didn't really want, and I was going to have buyers sign on the dotted or, line, or or like in in Pete's Dragon when the guy is selling the the dragon oil, the, the Jim Dale. I'm going to uh, put you in this car today, Tim. Uh, I, I, I I was totally. I was like, this is not right. <laughs> he is definitely selling me something. Interesting. Um, but uh, but it grew on me, uh-huh. right? Yeah, and and um. <clears throat> I think the the best part about it was that every time I laughed, even though you sold me something, the the thing. <laughs> Just to be clear, I wasn't. I'm not selling anything. Okay, <laughs> but the the thing you sold me was hope. Okay, well, right. Mm-hmm. And so it, every every single time I, I left with something, uh, we say hopeful and helpful. But yep. uh, it, every time I left with something good, mm-hmm. right? It it wasn't a I left feeling shame. Uh, I left feeling, I even we're talking about money, mm-hmm. which is so hard right now in the series. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> but even then, I, I don't leave feeling shame, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I see places I can do things better, mm-hmm. but I don't leave feeling shame. Right. Mm-hmm. Man. Now, uh, I want to move through your story a bit more, but before we get there, you just mentioned something early as you started sharing your story. You said, the word Mormon has become taboo. Um, can you speak to that from from where you sit or from your perspective? Um, why the change in terminology? Um, if if someone listening to this has a neighbor and they say, "Are you Mormon?" Would that be offensive? I mean, can you help us help the listener think through um, LDS, a member of the LDS Church, or the Church, or a Latter Day Saint versus Mormon? Can you kind of break that down because I think that can be confusing to some people. So yeah, I, so the term Mormon comes from. A prophet in the Book of Mormon. Yep. Right. So, the Book of Mormon is is a history of prophets uh, on this continent. Gosh, I'm saying this like it's true. Um, <laughs> but it's a it's a history of prophets on this continent. Right. And one of those who compiled most of the book is a guy named Mormon. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where the name comes from. Okay. Historically. Uh, the church has gone through a couple of different time periods where being called Mormon was derogatory. Okay. Right? So it was, um, that's how you called, you set them apart, was to call them Mormons. Okay. And there's a lot of persecution related to that. Mm. Um, But then after a while, they were like embracing it and putting out the spots on TV and, you know, from the Mormons. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but the most recent prophet, okay. uh, President Nielsen, ha- has basically come forward and said, we should not be calling ourselves that anymore, mm-hmm. um, because uh, that's a tool of Satan. Okay. Uh, and, and the real reason is because they want to be known as the Church of Jesus Christ yeah. of Latter-day Saints. And by leaving out Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. um, then they're not 
uh, they're not conveying what they want conveyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and in your mind, is, is the thing they want to convey, we are part of the umbrella of Christianity. Absolutely. Yeah, so by going by Mormon, that puts them outside of that umbrella. At least that's the, the current thinking yeah. with this language breakdown. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and really the, the only time... So that would be offensive mm-hmm. if someone has super taken to heart that uh, counsel by President Nielsen. Okay. Which was just in the last couple of years. Okay, right. Well, yeah. Okay. So uh, maybe the last three years, two mm-hmm. and a half, three years. All right. And can I dig in a little bit? I just want a clarification because I don't always know if what I understand is correct or not. I'm still trying to learn myself. Would it be in the past, let's say, a couple you know, decades ago, you know, 20 years ago, that the LDS church would have wanted to say, would have wanted to stiff arm like Christianity, would they wanted to say that they are different or would they have always thought like they're the same or like, is there a history behind that? Yeah. So I, I, I think the answer is both are true. Okay. Uh, so from, uh, from one perspective, um, when Joseph was in the grove praying to find out which church he should join, mm-hmm. um, he was having experiences with uh, lots of different churches in the area. It was the burned down district in upstate New York. And so there were lots of different churches there. Um, and, and he was trying to find out who has the truth. Um, the answer that he got was none of the churches. They are all, uh, they all aspire to be like me with their lips. Um, but, but they are all far from me. And so, on the one hand, it's a stiff arm, you know, we, we, can't, we can't associate or be part of that because, uh, because there's something missing, right? There's some piece of the truth, mm-hmm. in air quotes, that's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they want to, we want to be welcomed into the fold of Jesus Christ believers, Gotcha. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's yeah. so it's a little of both at the same time. Yeah, I've um I've heard of this conversation before happening this way. People would say, um, I'm LDS, I'm a Christian. And I'd say, Well, I go to SMCC. Does that make me LDS? And they would say, No, no, no. So there's a from where they sit, there's a similarity, but from where I sit, you know, they would say, No, you're not of us. So it's a it's a very interesting um hmm. uh uh, there's a tension there, is what I'm what I'm trying to say. Right, so, right. all right. So you grow up, and I think it's very important. One thing you said a few minutes ago, it was your social world. I mean, this is your culture. This is this is everything. It's the people you that you sit next to in church. You're sitting next to in science class, right? I mean, this is exactly how how it is in in Utah for for many many people. So you graduate high school. Um, did you go to seminary through your high school? I did. Yep. I went. I went to seminary. I was uh, I was a less effective. Seminary attender, <laughs> I would like say. you skipped sometimes or I, what? I skipped a, a lot. Okay. I, I had seminary in the last class of the day, and oh, okay. so uh, so during the warm enough months, I I often went to play golf instead. Yeah, Eric right. done that. Yeah, I did that with just normal classes. Um, <laughs> so seminary is uh, just for people who are maybe new to Utah. What is seminary? It's the building next to a lot of high schools and, and middle schools that we see. Correct. Yeah. So you can you can take an hour of. 
uh, one one of your classes every day mm-hmm. you can take as uh, as a religion class. Yeah. And so they dedicate. Uh, it's a four year program, and they dedicate one year to each book of scriptures. Mm. Right, so you have one year on the Old Testament, and one year on the New Testament, and one year on the Book of Mormon, and one year on uh, the Pearl of Great Price and the Doctrine and Covenants. Yeah. And so the idea is that whenever you come in, you're somewhere in that uh, loop. Yeah, that track. And uh, you're going to go through four years of high school, so you can you can take four years of that and and have a uh, a place to stand, mm-hmm. right? A, a good understanding, and I think. To some degree, that's why um, when polled, um, the LDS faith knows a lot about the scriptures, mm-hmm. and they know their Bible pretty well. Yeah, mm. um, the they they know where things are at. They have, um, you know, there's there's like thirty five scriptures that you memorize mm-hmm. every year and in seminary, and you, you have to read every day. Uh, you have a schedule that you're supposed to keep up on, and in yeah. order to graduate, you have to do these things. Gotcha. You're speaking to something that we've talked about before on the podcast and a lot at our at our church, is that um, people in the LDS church are very devoted, very, very devoted people. In fact, far more devoted than me, okay? Like, we've, we've, <laughs> we've talked about this, which is why at SMCC, though, delight is very important, because religion can get devotion out of people without delight. But we think the gospel is devotion and delight at the same time. And so this is very important because in a lot of these stories we're going to hear in season three, these are very devoted people. Mm-hmm. So Tim, let's talk about that devotion. So for you, you, um, you graduate high school and you go on your mission. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the pressures around going on a mission? I think most of our listeners have seen missionaries out and about, perhaps had them knock on their door. Um, what led you to choose to go on a mission and where did you go? Um, and just briefly, what was that like? So, um, so I guess on the one hand, all of my friends went. Okay, uh, so it's that, just normal. That, that whole social group. Um, there were maybe, maybe three guys that I knew uh, that didn't go on missions. Mm-hmm. Um, did people think differently of them if they didn't go? Everybody else did, and yeah. And then you wondered why? Why didn't they go? What, uh, yeah. what horrible sin do they have in their like life? Something must that be wrong. Not, there's something broken about them that gotcha. they're not going on a mission. Mm-hmm. And it's even more now. Uh, as the age has gotten younger in the last few years, um, a lot of times, you know, you have that year between high school and going on a mission from 18 to 19, and people would go away to school, and so you you wouldn't have connection necessarily with them at that moment, and you'd find out later that they didn't go or things like that. And now it's like right out of high school, everybody's going, and so you're still super connected to that group. They haven't had a chance to go away and do other things. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a super high pressure. Uh, my wife, Heidi, Mm -hmm. uh, told me if I didn't go, she wouldn't marry me. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. And so the day you get your uh, letter, I I know it's a big deal when you find out where you're going. I mean, uh, I've seen many of my neighbors and my friends on Facebook, they have a party where they open the letter. Um, and you went to, Argentina. Argentina. So Rosario, Argentina was my mission. You still speak Spanish. Oh, si pues. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> is that yes? I think yeah. that was a yes. Um, so quickly, I mean, what's it like, uh, uh, you know, a normal day in the life of a, of a Mormon missionary? Uh, so uh, you have a time that you have to wake up by. 
So you got to be up by 6.30 in the morning every day. You have, uh, you have your morning prayers with your companion, breakfast, uh, and then you have a dedicated study time. So um, we had uh, our books, so, so we read scriptures, had to read in the Book of Mormon specifically uh, for a half hour every day. We had uh, our mission rules pamphlet. Uh, we called it the White Bible, La Biblia Blanca. Um, and we, we had to spend 15 minutes reading that every day. And then we had kind of our list of instructions, uh, the things that we were teaching that we studied from every single day. Um, hopefully you got through your study by about nine o'clock in the morning. Uh, and then it was out to tract. Uh, and ideally we had planners and, and everything and, and ideally, you had appointments set up, but if you didn't have appointments set up, then you went and found somewhere to meet people, whether it was riding a bus or knocking on doors or however we could meet people. Um, and then generally, we taught, uh, when we were out investigating, we taught a, what we call a five-minute discussion, which was a quick introduction to who Joseph Smith was and the Book of Mormon and why that could lead people to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So you would start there. Yep. You wouldn't start with Jesus. You would start with Joseph Smith or the Book of Mormon, and then and then go from there. That's and why those things could lead you to Jesus right. Christ, right? right. And then you try and present a Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. and we would and we give people a chapter in the Book of Mormon about Jesus Christ. Got it. To okay. read. Okay. Got it. Um, the hope or the win is. Uh, Am I correct in saying it's to baptize people while you're on your mission? Is that the that's part of yeah the goal, uh, right? Is to I mean, it depends a little bit where you go. There's some missions where uh, the average missionary doesn't ever have a baptism. Okay, where they have you know a half baptism per missionary. Yeah, f- through two years. And how about for you? Did, did you? But Argentina, people? Argentina was a place that you expected to have lots. Mm. You know, we expected to have two baptisms every month, and if okay. we didn't get that, then then there, then we were on the shame train. Okay, oh, the boy. shame train. I've never heard that before. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, let me ask wow. you a direct question, Tim. I feel like I know you well enough to know this. I once had a friend um, named Brian who attended South Mountain. He's moved, but he says that he, he, he once said he felt guilt to this day for the people that he had baptized into the LDS church. Uh, is that something you experience? Yes. Okay. Um, on, on the one hand... Um, most of the people that, that I taught and, uh, and helped get baptized or help, helped bring into the church, mm-hmm. um, I feel okay about it mm-hmm. because they're, they're better than they were before. Okay. Right. So they were not doing anything mm-hmm. for Jesus Christ. Um, they weren't, they weren't in that path. Mm-hmm. And so they know Jesus more now than they did then, mm-hmm. um, even even if it's a little bent. Yeah. Okay. Right? Um, but there are a few mm-hmm. that I look back and go, man, these people were on the path. Mm. Um, there is one particular family, the Leggy Samones, um, that had just gotten baptized uh, in in a in a Baptist mm. church, mm. and. Uh, and we came along after that, and Dad hadn't wanted to have anything to do with with what they were doing, mm-hmm. and uh, 
And we came along and started teaching him. And because he wanted to go to a church, any church, mm-hmm. they were like, okay, we're following mm-hmm. where, wherever you go. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they ended up all getting baptized. And, and, I, and I struggle a little bit with them mm-hmm. because uh, I don't think they ended up a lot better off. Yeah. Uh, there are a few of them that, yes, I think yeah. still ended up better off. But, mm-hmm. but there are a few of them that for sure were on a better trajectory yeah. than where I left them. Well, that's a raw question. I appreciate your vulnerability. Um, that's a question, though, that uh, when I heard my friend talk about it and now hearing you talk about it, it's a, it's a punchy question. That's a real deal question. So thanks for, thanks for sharing. Um, so let's jump to the next question. That's one question. We, we've got 24 minutes. That's fine. Um, so you get back from your mission. How many years was it? Uh, and then when and why did you begin asking questions about the church? Um, so... My mission was 23 years ago, and about eight years ago, I started uh, running into questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, uh, it really came about because uh, we were getting ready to baptize uh, my 16-year-old boys. And as part of that, I really wanted to jump in and uh, really firm up my testimony. So I started doing lots of research and reading and, and all of the right things, right? So I was, I was reading books on, on Joseph Smith that I bought at Deseret Book that were, you know, LDS good books to read. Um, I was reading my family history um, and doing a ton of reading in the scriptures. And that's when I started to have some of those uh, what we would call shelf questions. Mm-hmm. So I started to run into things and go, oh, I got to put this on the shelf because there, there's not going to be an answer to that right now. Mm-hmm. Up to that point, I was very strong into apologetics for the LDS church. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, I had an answer to almost everything. Uh, and, and that's when I started. I, I made it through the baptism of the boys... Uh, still okay, but that's when I really started to find things that I was putting on my shelf. Mm. So you start to have questions. Um, the shelf illustration is something we hear often here in Utah, which is just uh, doubt your doubts, put them on the shelf, you know, don't ask those questions, it's not going to lead you anywhere helpful, sort of stop thinking about it and just keep keep being a good member of the church, right? That's kind of the... Yeah, yeah, don't, don't if, if you run into those kinds of questions that don't have answers... Mm-hmm. Um, put those on the shelf because the they they can't take you anywhere good. But there are answers, um, is what. Um, well, yeah. Yeah. So so what? Can you give an example of a question that was a, a one for you that said, you know what? Um, this you know I've I've found an answer to this question, or or because of this question, um, I, I basically uh, need to take a step out of the church. Could you give an example of one one question like that? So. Um, yeah, I, I think if if you're in if you're at the point that you're looking for those questions, the church essays yep. as they came out mm-hmm. were those were shelf breakers for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you can you can find those online, right? Yeah, people can um, go find those. They they used to be excluded from Google's search, wow. um, so you couldn't Google for them. But if you 
knew how to browse to them, you could get to them. Then lately, I think you can get to them in Google, but, okay. but, but originally they were kind of hard to get to, but they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I think the book of Abraham was kind of the one that really, uh, sent me down a, uh, a bad path. Yeah. Mm. Uh, just, a, a, and it was, I was reading it in order to get as much out of it as I could. And I was researching into the names and places and things and trying to, trying to wrap my head around what was going on there. And I, and I started to see some inconsistencies with, uh, that and other scripture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the timeline of this is the book of Abraham that's introducing new theological concepts way before those theological concepts uh, appeared mm-hmm. in mm. in the latter days. And I'm going, oh, wait a minute. So, yeah. so if the Book of Mormon is true, then how come this stuff from the book of Abraham isn't reflected there? Yeah, mm. got it. So as you're going through this process, uh, and by the way, I hope our listeners have heard us talk about doubt at SMCC before, but doubt is your mind trying to reconcile new information with old information, so it's not all bad. There's a type of doubt that doesn't want answers. There's a type of doubt that is searching for answers, and so the type of doubt that says, I'm open to answers. I want to follow truth wherever it leads. That's good doubt. That's, that's what we say. It's good doubt, and every question deserves an answer, so we, we love questions at SMCC. Um, but as you're going through this process, what are you feeling emotionally, and then you know, are you feeling lonely? Are you scared? Are you are you angry? Like, what are you going through in this process where you maybe are beginning to think what I've been told my whole life isn't, you know, what I expected or what I thought or isn't the whole story? What are you feeling? And then, and then, what was the day like where you decided I'm I'm leaving um, this church? Yeah, it was really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, it was scary to think uh, I have. I have sacrificed so much and based my life so much on this. This is my identity. Hmm. Um, when I meet people in work, one of the first things we talk about is that I'm Mormon, that I'm LDS. You mm-hmm. know, um, I, I I meet people on planes, and very quickly that comes up to the topic. And and you know, I'm flying across the country, and somebody's asking to see my horns. And, and I identify with that. That's who I am. And just, I don't know what that means. What does that mean? So there, there's a there's a myth that that Mormons have horns. Oh, okay. And 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 so I I had people ask me. So wow. can can I see your horns? And I'm like, oh yeah, they're right here. Just a second. And then <laughs> I'm you know pulling back my hair, and and then we're laughing in the chairs in the in in the plane, and, and so. It was it was devastating to start to have those doubts and think that they might come to fruition. Mm. But the worst part was my family. Mm. So here I am having doubts, and I have seen the people around me have the same kinds of doubts, uh, or I've seen some people around me have the same kinds of doubts and have it wreck their family. Mm. Uh, have, you know, the husband starts to have doubts and and the wife leaves them and takes the kids. Mm. And, um, and where that is the core value of the LDS church is family and eternal family. That was super scary. Mm. Uh, I didn't want to tell my wife about it. I, I just, I just hunkered down and, and, 
and internalized it mm. and tried harder. So I read more and I prayed more and, and tried harder to fix it. Because the narrative is if you're going through what you went through, there's something really wrong with you, right? Like you're, you're harboring sin, you're weak, um, you're the problem. You just need more faith. Yeah, so, that, that was my experience. Yeah. yeah. So when did you tell Heidi? How, how'd that go? So we were, uh, we were laying in bed one night, and, uh, and I, I, I kind of blurted it out on accident. Uh, that I was really struggling with some things. Uh, I had spoken in church earlier that day, <laughs> and uh, it was right before a general conference, and I remember bearing my testimony about how we were going to hear the prophets, and we needed to just focus. And I was laying in bed that night just fighting with myself over it, and I blurted something out, and she asked me a couple of questions about it, and we started to talk. And she said, you know, there's something you should read. Um, and so she sent me the link to the, uh, to the CES letter. Yep. Uh, and I'd never seen it. Uh, like she already read it? She had already read oh, it. Oh, wow. And, uh, and I'd never seen it before. And she's like, just read this, this one paragraph about what you're struggling with. And I was like, okay. So I went and read it and... And I was like, that is exactly my issue. Uh, and somebody else has the same issue. And I was so excited. <laughs> Can you provide context? Because I'm not even sure I know what the CES letter is. So uh, there was uh, the, the CES is the church educational system. Okay. And, um, and they're kind of like, uh, they're over those seminary and institute is the college level set of classes like that. Um, and the CES is the group that handles all of that. And there is a letter to the president of the, uh, the church education system that outlines a series of questions and basically says, look, I've, I've asked my bishop and I've asked my stake president and I tried to ask uh, the prophets and they said, no, I have to go more local. So I'm going to you now who are over all of the education of the church, you, if anybody has answers, you guys have to have the answers. Mm. And so here's a list of my questions. Mm. And, you know, I, I need resolution to these things if, if this is where I'm going to stay. Mm -hmm. mm. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've read those. I mean, you can, you can go find those. And um, they're, they're very, very interesting. Yeah. So, so you're wrestling with this. So you tell Heidi, and, and she basically says, I understand where you're coming from. Is that kind of the thing? She had already read these I, letters. She'd and, already read the letter. Yeah. And uh, come to find out she was struggling with the same yeah. kinds mm. of things. Wow. Um, and her shelf had broken, but she was afraid to tell me yep. oh, because wow. I had sacrificed so much. Um, you know, I mean, as I said, when I started, my parents uh, didn't go to church, so I had gone to church kind of on my own. Mm. And, uh, and I drugged my little sister with me mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and I went on a mission when that wasn't really what my family wanted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had sacrificed a lot to try and stay in the church yeah. when, when that wasn't the thing that was going on with the rest of my immediate family. Yeah. Mm. Now you talk about, um, you know, people being on a better path. You talked about being on your mission and people on a better path. 
you know, I've often heard people say, hey, Mormonism, it, it worked for me. Uh, it provided a level of morality in my life and structure in my life and things like that. You probably felt that for years, oh, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so there is this morality and um, structure and um, something that, that leads people, sort of that stability. Um, so you go through this process and, you know, you talk to Heidi. And, and so jumping ahead, how long was it from that night in bed where you have the conversation to we're going to go to SMCC or we're going to try another church. Like we're not ready to give up on God yet. Um, and maybe that's not what you were thinking, but I'm just curious, like what was that gap like from, from, from leaving or from that night, night in bed where you have the conversation to showing up at SMCC? Take us through that period. Um, yeah, I left God. Okay. Uh, I, I, you know, when, when you are that entrenched to this is the truth and there is no other truth, uh, my immediate jump was, well, if, if this isn't true, mm-hmm. if, if this has been a lie, then all organized religion must be a lie. Mm. Wow. Cause this is the best they say. This is the restored. This is, this is the restored. This yeah. is, this is the one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everything that I had, um, my priesthood, my power, uh, everything was called into question. And, and then you go, okay, for years I've said these prayers and I've seen my answers to prayers, but if this priesthood isn't real, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Okay, this must all just be coincidence. And if it's all coincidence, then, then maybe it's just all coincidence, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Wow. Everything is coincidence. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I got a little crazy, and I, I started reading the Quran and the Bhagavad Gita and a bunch of books by Nick Tat An, who's uh, a Buddhist, and, and I kind of went, I, I, I really want something, but I don't know what. And so I just went on a, on a scouring search, read lots of secular stuff, um, yep. and, and it was... T- it was uh, it was harrowing. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 ripped me apart. How long uh, did that period last? About I was probably a solid year mm-hmm. um, where I was in a pretty deep depression mm-hmm. and just looking for anything and uh, and you know, reaching out to people who I knew had gone through this and most of them had ended up in an atheist or agnostic space and Mm -hmm. just trying to, trying to sort things out Mm -hmm. and wishing that I had all my tithing back. Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. You wanted wanted your Sunday back and your, your 10% back. Yeah. Wow. Uh, So where did the light at the end of that dark one year tunnel come? What, tell me about that. Tell us about that. Uh, so I was reading a secular book called *Sapiens*, um, and it's about the history of the human race and uh, the cognitive revolution and where where humans changed from from Homo erectus and and uh, Neanderthalus and and into *Sapiens*, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and I'm reading this book, and and there was just something that didn't sit quite right. Uh, about the soul and what it meant to be uh, conscious, have consciousness. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he talks about the, um, the thing that 
change the trajectory of humans. Um, and he actually calls it the tree of knowledge, hmm. right? So he ties it back into the, uh, to the Genesis mm-hmm. uh, narrative. And he says that the tree of knowledge really came when humans were able to talk about things that they'd never seen and act on them, mm-hmm. right? So the, the caveman that's living on the mountainside uh, has this notion that somewhere there's an ocean with shells. I've never been, I've never seen it, but I know that there are some somewhere. And they told me if I walk in that direction, I can find it. And so that man did it, right? So he, he, he acted on that thing that he'd never seen before. Mm. And that the difference between us and all other animals is other animals can act on what they've experienced, but they have to experience it in order to act on it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, the monkey can signal, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an eagle or there's a lion, and they all act on that because they've experienced what it's like to have those there. Mm. But the monkey can't say... Um, there's, I, I walk down this path and if you make a left turn and then you go over there, then you, you, you know, the monkey can't convey all of that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that was faith, hmm. right? So the ability to, to have this image in your mind and act on it is faith. And I went, oh, okay, then it's okay for me to have faith. Hmm. So our ability to reason, logic, and think about immaterial things demonstrates there are immaterial realities in our world. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So you go, well, maybe I can't give up on God altogether because what's the best explanation for immaterial realities? Yeah. I'm with you. All right, so you Google SMCC or what happened? Well, so um, so actually a week before that, uh, Heidi had signed us up for... Uh, for a connect now. Oh, I remember SMCC. this. Yeah, I remember this. <laughs> and 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 I actually and so like I I'm I'm sitting there at work, and I get this email that I'm going to this church yeah. on the <laughs> next Sunday. Signed up for connect now. And 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 I I wrote her and I said I think somebody has hacked my 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 email account. I just got signed up for this thing, and she says no 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 that was me. Wow. <laughs> you were the you're the only person I've ever met who went to a Connect Now having never been to a Sunday service. And I remember you that day, Tim, because I was leading that Connect Now. This is when I was Lehigh's campus pastor. And I remember thinking, this guy does not want to be here. Oh, who signed him up? Know. And now I know Heidi signed you up. Uh, yeah, I, I had never seen you before. Be uh, Connect Now is a is a small dinner where we talk about the values and vision and story of SMCC. And um, I remember Tim was there, and I think you hung out in the lobby the whole time. I don't know if you... I don't know if you really ever sat through what I was talking about. Uh, we got through the first like two questions. Yeah. And then uh, my daughter, who has uh, some autism, started to have some issues. Okay. And, and there was a lot of... It was way different, yeah. right? And so um, autism, which is so structured and everything has to be the way that I know it is, being in a church with no pictures of Jesus was freaking her out. I remember that, yeah. Um, being, you know, and and the whole way that everything was, just so I went out into the lobby with her, and mm. um, so you sucked me in with pizza and cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> I love those two things. Um, all right, so I think you came the next Sunday maybe to the service, or it was very yeah, close so after. Like, so like Thursday, so the Sunday we went to that, and then Thursday was when I had my faith revelation. Okay, uh-huh, wow. <laughs> right, and so, and, and, and 
and I had we had some friends here mm-hmm. who had actually been in our LDS ward, um, who were attending SMCC, mm-hmm. and they were giving us the hard sell, kind of kind of <laughs> like kind of <laughs> like Eric. Yeah, um, <laughs> you got to come and and uh, and and so so I was like, okay, well, yeah, let's let's check it out and see what's what this is all about. So what do you remember from the first service? Uh, we've already talked about me. Let's not talk about me. Uh, besides, besides the message, what else do you remember uh, about that first Sunday? Worship. Okay. What um, about it? So uh, Michelle and Jeff Rubble mm-hmm. uh, were leading worship. And uh, I remember coming in and the whole having to stand up and sit down was not my favorite thing. But... but it was very clear that worship was a true prayer to God. Mm-hmm. That it was that it was heartfelt. That it 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 wasn't just here's a song with a hymn book that I'm going to sing because that's what we do next. It was totally punchy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Bob's wife, uh, yes, Sheriff Morrison, Mm -hmm. uh, sang one of the songs also. And, and I, and, and, uh, and I just remember thinking, wow, and I can dance to the Lord. And I loved it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely loved it. Hmm. So there's there was a joy that you saw in these people that was real and uh, delight, you know. We we and and you know. I and I felt that delight yep. because they felt it, I felt it. Yeah, hmm. wow. Uh, and that joy was attractive. I mean that because that's the nature of, of yeah. joy; it draws us in. Yeah, hmm. we talk about Sundays being the happiest place you go all week, and uh, for someone who's been through what you've been through, you know, uh, years of of questions and the fear that on Sunday morning you can come and, and just rest uh, with in this place full of joy is a, is a real big deal. Hmm. Um, I think we have about time for two more questions, Tim, so I'm going to go to just, just two more, all right? We c- I could go for hours, but I'm sure our <laughs> listeners need to get on with their day as well. Um, so I think these two questions are very, very important. Um, here's the first. As a former member of the LDS Church, what do people often misunderstand about the LDS Church or LDS people? What's the, you know, if you were to say, here's what I'm seeing, people coming into Utah or churches in Utah operating in this way, here's the misunderstanding I just want to talk about, you know? So I, I think there's two things that people tend to miss. Um, one is that church is everything, mm-hmm. right? It is all-encompassing. That is where all of your friends are. That is where... Uh, as where all of your relationships are, you know, you know people at work, but but your church is your family. It's everything, mm. right? And so, um, so I think that's one. And the other is, I don't know how to say it. Um, you gave a uh, a series called Neighbors mm-hmm. uh, a while back. Yeah, maybe and, almost two years ago now, probably. And in your first, the first week of Neighbors, you talked about. The Samaritans versus the Jews, mm-hmm. and how they spoke about the same things. Mm-hmm. They used the same words, yep. um, but they meant different things. Yeah, 
Uh, and, and I think that's where we sit, right? So there's the, the word grace means something different in the LDS faith than it does in the Christian faith. Mm. And, and you have to be careful uh, when talking to someone that you get what they actually mean. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, the story of the Samaritan woman and Jesus uh, there talking to her and, and having that conversation. And I, I kind of, I, f- I feel a little bit like that moment when she knows that he's the Messiah, um, but he still has to tell her that salvation is of the Jews, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. She, you still don't get it completely, mm-hmm. right? You, yeah. You're starting to grasp, but, but salvation is of the Jews, and so you need to take that step across. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you are on the LDS side, you feel the other way. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're like, you guys, you know, Jesus is is awesome and we love that you love Jesus, but you don't get it. You're missing these pieces. Mm. And that that additional truth that the LDS church purports uh makes them stand off a little bit and that language is the same language, but meaning different things. And so when you have those conversations, it's super easy to, to have them say something and you just go, what? Wait a minute. How, I heard you use that word, but that, the context doesn't work for me. Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah, I think uh, there's a couple of things you said there that really stand out um, to me and, and really shape our church, which is, which is first... We want to create a culture for people because we understand Mormonism is everything for them. And so, Tim, when, it, when you show up at SMCC, we want to offer you, we can't offer you that everything, um, obviously, but we want to offer you a culture um, where you have community, a culture where you develop friendship, a, a culture where you take your next steps. And so um, that's an important part of, of how we do it at SMCC. And the other thing, too, is as you talk about, you know, similar, similar vocabulary, but different dictionary, I think is how I talked about in that message. Um, that, that's why it never works for anybody to get on a stage or go to their neighbor and say, you're wrong. You know, you're wrong in believing that about whatever. You're wrong about that. You're wrong about that. Because the LDS person, they don't think they're wrong. They use the same word and they process it in, in their own way. And so that's why it takes a lot of empathy, a lot of patience, a lot of love, a lot of relationship yeah. to then move move deeper into a conversation. And so I see a lot of people get it wrong when they think I'm going to debate somebody um, out of the LDS church or something like that. That's not mm-hmm. the right approach, and I hear you t- talking about that. All right, final question. Tim, um, you've been a part of a lot of ministries. You've been in Bible studies. You've been uh, you've volunteered in many ways you, in the tech and uh, small group, Turning Point, which is a a class we offer for people in transition. Um, as you think about all things uh, SMCC, your experience here, why do you continue to call SMCC home? Like, wh- wh- why'd you call it home in the first place, and why do you continue to call SMCC home? So um, we mentioned earlier, helpful and hopeful. Um, I think uh, that I could come to SMCC, and even when, uh, even when I didn't, 
I guess there's there's several, right? Because Belong Before You Believe was one right. that, that really impacted me because I could come and I could be, I could belong and have that community again um, without having totally bought into everything. Um, I wasn't taking a car home yet from Eric. <laughs> um, but I, and, and the good part about that is the community was hopeful. It was not a, it was not a shame culture where I came and because I was different, I was wrong and I was uh, broken down and, and I needed to change. It was, uh, it was, it was hopeful. And, and I had a place to grow into. Man, Tim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, uh, and talking about your story, man. I think it's been very valuable uh, for a lot of people, but it's been very valuable for me as well. Um, if you ever want to meet Tim, you can find him at the Lehigh location most Sundays, I'm sure. So, Tim, thank you for, for being here today. I really appreciate it. You bet. Excellent. Yeah, and I, I'm just so appreciative of uh, Tim coming on, and, and thank you for being here today. And and uh, what a wonderful thing to just hear. And even just your last point, Tim, um, just makes me more and more grateful to be a, a part of this church and to know that um, we can honor the process in which God changes people from the inside out, and and people can come in from any walk of life and wherever they're at, and um, and and there's grace in that, and we can and we can say, hey, you're so welcome to be here and to ask questions, and so uh, really just grateful for that, and uh, and just excited to have more people on sharing their stories as well. So. Listeners, thank you so much for being here today, and uh, just so glad to have Tim here. Uh, we're going to continue with this in Season 3 with with more people and more stories, and so I hope that if you haven't already, uh, go ahead and subscribe, or at least download the SMCC app. You'll get notifications when those episodes come up as well. Uh, make sure to leave that review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Share this with a friend who might find this useful, might find this hopeful and helpful. Maybe you know of a friend that is um, just in a space that we need to hear a Tim's story, and this could be helpful for them. So again, thank you for listening, and uh, we're so excited for what is ahead for this season, and uh, looking forward to to, uh, being together again next week as we have our next guest on. We'll see you next week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe, give us a rating, or share with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit our website at smccutah.org. Thanks again for trusting us with your time, and we hope to have you back again soon.